Hello and welcome back to The Daily Royal, a podcast covering the daily events of all the European royal families. Today, we're going to be talking about all of the events from Tuesday, October 13th of 2020. Um, So I don't think I have any announcements other than when we get to Sweden, I super messed up. Um, I'm hoping that this doesn't happen again. I've printed off a schedule, but I am fully aware that the... um, Swedish Royal COVID tour started yesterday, and I completely missed it. Um, You know, I just failed. I missed it. I wasn't paying close enough attention. And yeah, so there's another date coming up this week um, that I've already written in my calendar, so we should be good to go. Now, I wanted to throw that up out front because... um, I will mention it again, but when we get to Sweden, I'm going to go through that whole yesterday's whole calendar of events. Um, So yeah, that's what's going on. So let's go ahead and get started now with the Belgian royal family. Today, though there was nothing on the calendar, uh, late in the day, a um, social media post came out that King Philippe had held a meeting um, with the COVID-19 commissioners. Um, so these are, it was the, a minister, um, like a government minister and um, a deputy commissioner. And right now they are in charge of handling all of the... Um, health policies for the federal um, government of Belgium, um, which means that they are in charge of everything in Belgium related to health, um, so that there is one clear cohesive message in the country about um, COVID-19 precautions and rules and standards and all of that. So it was, I think I mentioned it was held by video conference, of course, for safety reasons. Um, And this is going to be important as, you know, we enter into flu season and we have a strong need for these things. Um, Again, um, you know, Belgium is kind of always been in a decent situation um, for the most part with their COVID experience. Um, Certainly not as bad as other countries that um, I talk about or live in. Um, but they have been pretty high up there. Um, so they are definitely preparing for, um, COVID still being a thing plus flu season. Um, so that's what this meeting is going to be about. Um, and so, yeah, that was the, um, the agenda item in Belgium today. I am really sorry, you guys. I like, this is ridiculous. I keep, um, I have a permanent retainer and it has like popped off and I haven't gone to the dentist to get it fixed yet. And so it's just like hanging out in my mouth, um, because it's still attached on the other side and it keeps poking me in the tongue every time I say certain letters. So I think I'm starting to get a little bit of a lisp and I apologize profusely for that. I do plan on getting it taken care of, 
um, at least temporarily tomorrow um, while a permanent solution is fixed. But right now, can't really talk because I have a wire stabbing me in my tongue every so often. So if you hear like random pauses or a lisp, that's usually what's happening is I have stabbed myself and I'm now like trying to fix that. Um, so, so sorry about that little bit graphic update on my life. Um, but I grind my teeth. I'm stressed. It, it happened. It's fine. I'm sure this will not be the last time in my life that this happens. So that's what was going on in Belgium. Um, and now we are going to move on to the British royal family. UK today, um, there were a couple of events. Um, so the Duchess of Cornwall visited the Ebony Horse Club, uh, which is a community horse riding center um, for children to develop and learn skills that they can take with them through their lives. Um, live, lives. Um, so this is something that like, there are lots of different avenues to teach these life skills like patience and resilience and there are definitely different avenues and horse care and riding is is one of them um it's one that is used a lot because it teaches a mutual respect because horses are incredible creatures who um respect the other person that they're the person that they're with um, and then they teach respect because they're kind of demanded. Um, but they also like teach empathy and all of these things that, I mean, you can find other ways to do this, but horse riding is an incredible way to teach these skills that we all need into adulthood. Um, you know, I, the biggest compliment, so I, I've told you guys that I've started this new job and, um, the biggest compliment that I have gotten in this job is, I was told today, wow, you're so resilient um, because I, <laughs> I sometimes will call it stubborn um, because I don't like to leave things unresolved. And this was one of those things. Um, but I just like, I kept working and I kept working and like, that's a life skill that I acquired. I don't know how, um, but I did it um, just to, you know, make sure that things were correct. Um, it's something that I value a lot. And so the greatest compliment that I can ever receive is when someone tells me, oh, wow, you're really empathetic or you listen really well or you're very resilient. Um, you know, that all just means like those are some of the greatest compliments that I can get. Um, and so this horse riding center that Camilla visited teaches that in a different way. Um, I learned it. I don't know how I learned it other than um, I guess School of Hard Knocks is how I learned it, um, but I did, and I think um, it's a really great thing that they were teaching. Um, and then next door to the Horse Riding Community Center um, is the, the 
Dway, Dway Nomics, um, which is, that's terrible pronunciation, um, which is a boxing club that has free programming for children. So again, to do the exact same thing, teach them these life skills, perseverance, resilience, um, team building, all of these things that are really important um, and that you learn through um, Taekwondo and boxing and all of that. Um, so that was a really important um, day of different kinds of community centers that Camilla visited. Um, and then the other big event, so this happened officially yesterday, but it was for an event today. And it's again, this like time thing. Um, you know, I knew last night, but it came out after midnight in the UK. So I try to respect the days they want things to come out on. Um, so today was the announcement of the Natural History Museum Photographer of the Year. Um, so the Duchess of Cambridge, who is patron for the National Natural History Museum, um, presented the Photographer of the Year Award. So here's the thing. I knew this was happening, but it came out at a time that I was not able to watch it. Um, and when it was, when I was able to watch it on my like lunch break or something, I just didn't. Um, I would definitely watch it probably as soon as I'm done recording this, but I haven't watched it yet. Um, so I don't quite know what it says. I do know it was very short. It was literally the announcement. Um, and I also know that Kate was in a like really sleek black Alexander McQueen like power suit and it's my favorite thing. Um, I don't really, I do care what she said. It's very important to me, but I'm all for the suit. She looks super fantastic. Um, I just love like a power suit look on, um, on a woman in general, but like particularly on these royal women, like they rock them. Um, so that was the public facing events. I'm sorry. I don't have more on the Duchess of Cambridge as a Cambridge's event today, but, um, so that was what was going on publicly. And now I'm going to pull up the court circular to, um, talk about anything that happened outside of that. Um, so it does look like Kate also had a meeting, um, with the, um, poet and artist as part of her work, um, with, as patron of, uh, National Portrait Gallery. So she met with Dr. Um, Lim Sasai, um, who, like I said, is a poet and an artist. Um, and then Camilla's events are on there as well. Um, and that is what is going on. So everything we pretty much talked about, plus an additional meeting this morning for Kate. So big day for her. Um, really fantastic stuff. So that's all that was going on in the UK. There was nothing going on in Denmark today, so we are going to move on to the Netherlands.
Today in the Netherlands, Queen Maxima hosted an event um, for the Towards a Debt-Free Netherlands program, um, which is all about supporting um, debt-free for the people of the Netherlands. Um, so a, a few weeks back, I really don't remember, time is a flat circle, um, but a few weeks back, Maxima held a digital working visit on the subject of debt-free, and I didn't know what it meant, and I think that speaks to, like, how much I've improved in my knowledge base over the past year, um, or however long I've been doing this, 10 months now, (coughs) excuse me, um, and so this is an event that was supposed to be held in March, um, March 18th, and of course, COVID, um, so originally the plan was to have a ton of people, um, all together, and, um, so March 18th got canceled and then the plan was to postpone until everyone could be together in the same room. And then I think the realization kind of hit like, man, this is not going to be everyone in the same room for a very long time. So they held like a hybrid event. There were some people, I think it was like 50 or less, um, at, at the physical event. And then everyone else was able to join, um, via Zoom or a live conference um, or live streaming if they were just participants. <laughs> um, so they were able to hold the event that way. Um, so Maxima got up and gave a speech and talked about, um, you know, debt in general and debt in the Netherlands and then also what COVID um, has done to people's financial situations. Um, and really that is where the most destruction is currently lying, um, for a lot of people. It's, it's bad. Um, COVID has not been nice to people's wallets. Of course we know this. Um, but it was something that Max drew attention to. And also, here is, this is such a side note that is so not important, but my favorite thing in the world right now, not really, but like, honestly, kind of, is every language uses COVID as their word because that's what it is. And then they all follow it with 19. So I have learned (laughs) the number 19 in three, four-ish languages now, um, because I knew, I already knew it in Spanish. Um, Queen Matilde says it all the time in French. Queen Maxima said it today in Dutch. I've definitely heard it from one of the Scandinavian languages. Um, and it's just really funny that I'm like, oh, okay, that's the word I can pick up on now. It's COVID and then 19 in whatever language. So I've got a little bit of a head start on my numbers in Dutch um, as I get ready to start learning. I'm started. It's just going a lot slower. Um, So that was a fun little thing. But then, okay, back to Maxima and her event. So her speech mentioned COVID-19. I went on a tangent. Here's the other thing that, like, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, too. I love 
when these queens or princesses' husbands come to their events just to support them. So King Willem Alexander was there, um, but he was not scheduled to be there. He was truly just, like, there um, to support the cause, to support Maxima. And, like, I love a good supportive husband. Like, I think that's just phenomenal. Um, And so, like, I love those things where, like, the king or, like, it happened with Crown Prince Akun and Crown Princess Matamari, like, they're very busy men at the moment. And, like, they're just like, no, like, I'm going to support you. This is really important. So they do. I, like, I love it. It's so modern. It's great. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, we love a supportive husband. Go team modern relationships. Fantastic. So, um, it was a really great event. I haven't been able to find, I don't know if there's a full version yet. Um, I've been able to watch like a seven minute video, but I haven't been able to see the whole thing. I don't know if you can, um, but Maxima's speech was in there and, um, their arrival and stuff. So I've seen the stuff that I would pay attention to anyway, because I don't understand Dutch yet. Um, so that's, that's that. It was a really great day. I was very excited. Um, so yeah, that's what was going on in the Dutch royal family today. Um, and now, and there was nothing going on in Norway. There were no updates or anything, um, which, you know, I'm going with no news is good news on, uh, King Harald's health and all of that. So with that, we are going to move on to Spain. event in Madrid for the Spanish royal family this week. Um, King Felipe attended the self-employed annual awards ceremony. I think is what it translates to. So this is a ceremony that has been held for the past 19 years to celebrate self-employment, um, And I think small businesses are also kind of included in that um, to celebrate like entrepreneurs and people who have created um, their own way. And I think (laughs) that's what it seems to be um, based on my translation and Google Translate because sometimes I use Google to help me out just in case. Um, And so... He attended this award ceremony, but what was really, I'm torn on how I feel about this because I do think it's really important, but I'm also a bit confused as to why we didn't recognize actual self-employed people. Um, But this year, the award was given to various agencies, government agencies, that have supported self-employed people during the pandemic. 
Now, as a former um, self-employed person who is, I I am still self-employed, but I also have a full-time job for someone else. Um, But I formerly was 100% self-employed. I I recognize the importance of these people. I, I really, believe me, I do. But I'm thinking of like all of these self-employed people who had to, and I've watched their experiences in my country and in Spain, who have had to adapt so much of their business to fit the state of alarm that Spain was under, to fit now the new restrictions in Spain. And like, of course, the government agencies should be honored, but there are so many people who have done so much to like help others and different things during this crazy time that we're living in. Um, So I'm a little torn on how I feel about it, honestly. Um, But it wasn't Felipe's decision. So I don't know why I'm talking about it other than I have strong feelings about self-employment and how valuable it is. And um, yeah. So anyway, so there's really, I don't have much else to say. I haven't watched Felipe's speech. Um, you know, I'm really prioritizing what I watch. Um, and it, it didn't make the list today because like I, like I mentioned yesterday, I have a lot of, um, catch up work to play for, to, to complete for the website and everything here after taking, you know, kind of the weekend off for mental health. Um, and I just haven't watched it yet. I might watch it before I go to bed. Um, I might not. I won't watch it tomorrow because there's nothing going on in Spain tomorrow, Um, at least according to their calendar. And then we get into the exciting stuff. So I do think it's Tuesday. It's really early in my work week. But I really do think that by um, the weekend, I I will be able to record a episode on Saturday that'll go up on Sunday as a like bonus episode, um, for just a real like thorough rundown of the, um, Princess of Astorius awards, because I really, um, want to do that. And I want to talk in depth about the awards and I don't have the time here. Um, as much as, you know, sometimes I go way over the time limit I set for myself. Sometimes it's for good reason. Um, so that's still on the agenda. For now, I've got a lot of plans still to make for that to happen, but right now it's looking like it'll definitely happen. It'll 95% likely to happen. How's that? Um, by tomorrow, I should have a better grip on everything um, as well. So that's what was going on in Spain. Um, and so now we are going to move on to Sweden. <laughs> Well, there was nothing on the calendar today for the Swedish royal family. Except, you know, I wake up this morning, kind of go about my 
morning routine, get really pumped and motivated to um, catch up on these website postings that I, I missed. So I'm like really excited to do those. Start and then I take a break to work on, you know, the first round of events and stuff for the week or for the day on my script for the podcast. Um, it's really more of an outline at this point, but it's a script. Um, and lo and behold, I missed the first day of the royal family, the Swedish royal family's tour of the 21 counties in Sweden. Started yesterday. So, um, oops. Now, to give myself some credit, no, I also, like, totally don't deserve some credit, but to give myself some, they weren't posting about it on the day. It wasn't until this morning that the Swedish royal family posted anything on Facebook, their website, social media. However, there's a calendar out there. I should have known when it was happening. I've saved the calendar now. I've written down the date. There's another um, tour stop this week. I've written it down. I know it's happening. Um, but some of these events may be, um, you know, not publicly shared. Um which would be different than the Spanish Royal tour, but the countries are not the same. And so, you know, um, we'll, we'll work through it. Um, again, it's harder for me because I don't read Swedish and I don't know all of the, um, media outlets in Sweden yet to track the Royals. Um, you know, I, I will give myself some excuse, but, I knew it was happening and I could have at least mentioned it uh, or I should have known it was happening at least. So anyway, today we're going to do the rundown for it. It's a long one, much like the Spanish Royal tour days were. Um, but the difference is I don't know of any cute anecdotes or anything. So, cause I can't find them. So, okay. So King, King Carl Gustav and Queen Sylvia visited Stockholm County on the first stop of the Swedish royal family's tour of the country to learn about their experiences with the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Carl Gustav and Sylvia started their day at the Karolinska Institute, um, where they received a presentation on the research being done there on covid as well as the effect of loneliness and social distancing on public health. Okay, personal tangent. I used to work out in like the real day-to-day -day world. Um, I was in, um, I was seeing people every day. I was being very COVID conscious, but I was seeing people every day and all of that. And now I work from home. Um, my new job is a work from home job, which is, phenomenal. I love it. It's fantastic. Except for, I don't see people anymore. And wow, did I not know what an impact that would have. Like, wow. I can do like two weeks at a time 
But I basically came off like a two-week quarantine from COVID symptoms, tested negative, all good. Okay, so came off a two-week quarantine, worked at my old job for like a week or two, um, and then started this job in at home. And so I really haven't seen people other than my family, my my mom, once a week. Um, and like, um, okay, I'm, I'm lonely. Um, so I, I now understand, like, I've always understood that loneliness is bad, but like, that's hello mental health day last weekend. I was very alone. Um, so I had to learn how to cope with that. I'm doing a little bit better this week. Um, but yeah, so that's a very important, like, research topic. Um, and then they also visited the Karolinska University Hospital, which is, which houses the Stockholm Command Center. Um, so the Command Center is actually, um, it was created in March, and it was created to be, like, the hub for the distribution of personal protection equipment, ventilators, really any COVID-related medical thing was going through this command center and being distributed throughout Stockholm appropriately. So to match need and everything. Um, so that was really cool. I thought that was a really cool, um, thing that I haven't seen really created anywhere else. Um, so yeah, that was awesome. And then next they visited the Swedish National Defense College to hear about the development of strategies for quote-unquote sneaky crises, um, aka a pandemic that we all knew about in January, but no one thought was coming here, and it all surprised us in March. It's very sneaky. Very, very sneaky. Ugh. This will go down in the history books as a public health failure, I think, personally. We knew, and we didn't protect ourselves. Especially in certain countries, like Sweden and the U.S. Anyway, okay, but they are, the military is working on creating really good strategies, so hopefully we never have a crisis like this again that sneaks up on us. We are prepared from the minute we hear there's this new thing and it's killing a lot of people in China. Oh, now there's a cruise ship and things are going really bad. Like, we are prepared. We're ready. We hope. Um, okay, so that's that was a fun one. The next thing is they visited a very popular Stockholm hotel to learn about the impact of the pandemic on hospitality. Um, so hotels and primarily, um, as well as some other hospitality, um, industries, which of course have been impacted because they're not seeing tourists and it's so, ugh, there are times when I am overcome And for some reason, today is one of those days with the effects of COVID and how far spread 
it is. And today, like, talking about hotels, you know, it's not... To our day-to-day lives, it's not that important. But to a person who works in a hotel, to a person who owns a hotel, to a business that runs many hotels, that is just losing money. In, I mean, it's just heaving money. It's hemorrhaging. It's just overwhelming sometimes how far spread this is going to be and how many people have and will continue to be affected by COVID for years. <sighs> it's just a lot. Um, and then next, they visited the Skansen Museum to learn about how museums and cultural centers have been affected by the pandemic, which again is kind of the same, um, although they have been able to see a stronger return, but they were shut down. I don't know if they were in Sweden, because uh, Sweden, I've mentioned this, Sweden did a very different um, protection situation than many of the other countries that I talk about. And also, um, like, I live in the States, so like very different than what I went through in my home state. Um, federally, we never had anything, but uh, each state um, had something. And so I had a pretty strict lockdown for a few months. Um, and so, but, you know, people are able to return to museums and do stuff like that. So I'm not sure what the impact was, but King Carl Gustav and Queen Sylvia know because they heard all about it yesterday. Um, and then in the evening, I don't know if this was part of the tour or not. It probably wasn't because it wasn't included in their rundown. They attended the opera, but we already knew that because I talked about that. Missed everything else, but I talked about the visit to the opera. So winning. Oh boy. All right, you guys, I am. We're done. That's the rundown for Sweden's first stop on the Royal tour. Stockholm County uh, is where Stockholm is. Uh, and so most of the visits were in or around Stockholm specifically. Um, we have another one on Thursday. Uh, so hopefully I'll be able to give at least some sort of reporting on that on Thursday's pod. If not, it'll be on the one that comes out on Saturday um, because it'll be released on Friday. So that is the deal. So now that brings us to the end of the episode. Check out all the social media, the website. I'm getting caught up on the past week of events. Um, that is a slower process because I'm still trying to keep up to date on everything else. So uh, thedailyroyal.com, uh, the Daily Royal on Instagram, Daily Royal Pod on Twitter. Um, Twitter hasn't been updated for a while. Like I've mentioned a couple times, uh, Twitter is like one of my least favorites. So it doesn't get updated if it's behind. Um, if I'm caught up on everything, it usually will come back. Um, but it right now I'm just behind, so it doesn't take priority. Um, the website and Instagram is really where you can find the most information, um, up-to-date information. So that brings us to the end of the podcast. I will be back tomorrow with all the rundown from the 14th. Um, but until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.